Hey everyone, this is Lee from Asshole Eats, welcoming you to our podcast, The Kitchen Table. I'm your host, and I'll be talking to my fellow assholes about some food in the news, going through some of our more recent restaurant experiences, and having some of our own segments thrown in there. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and grab a seat. We'll see you at the table. Hey everyone, it is April 9th, 2017. We missed last week, that was our bad, we were at a bachelor party. I don't have Clancy here with me, but I'm really happy to be bringing Pat, our in-house snack specialist, back to us. How you doing, Pat? How's it going, Lee? Good, man. You were in Mexico for three weeks, but it seems like you were there for like eight. I mean, it it, it felt like I was there for a year. Uh, I was only there for like two and a half weeks, just working, quote unquote, and eating and doing a little bit of drinking as well. But, you know. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you just want to go really quickly into telling our audience what your quote unquote work was? Uh, so I got hired from a travel agency that I actually traveled with during my senior year of college, and they book like all of the trips for spring breakers. Um, I applied, got the job, and they hired me as like a security, again, quote, security uh, guard, and I would I would make sure our spring breakers got home safe to the hotels and there was like no issues going on at the nightclubs, basically just making sure that nobody uh, was getting lost in the jungles of Cancun. <laughs> right. And in return, they gave you what? I got a, I got a stipend. I got a weekly stipend. I'm not going to say the full amount, but I got paid weekly. Uh, they flew me there and back for free. I had a hotel stay for free the entire time, got meal tickets, and then on my days off from work, I pretty much had the hookup at any club of my choosing. You skipped the line and no cover. Yeah, skipped the line, no cover. We always had a uh, VIP bottle service. Cool, cool. Anyway, as you were gone, I'm sure you noticed you came back to we have a podcast and we have a ton of saved interviews. You saw all that, right? Yes, <laughs> I came back and you guys got a lot of work done. So I was pretty proud. Yeah, uh, we thought I thought as your first one back, we bring up a place that you've been to a lot of times i think you actually took us to there first Wooburger in Wooburn. yeah man i I had talked about this place from day one when they had opened up i think it's like two years at this point yeah we were really lucky uh you remember deepak one of the co-owners there i do we actually uh we did like a mock-up video where we uh talked about their sauce yeah our pilot our uh, failed pilot we mentioned that in the interview anyway we have that going on we deepak was awesome enough to talk to us about 20 30 minutes we have the interview. We'll play that soon, and uh, we'll do a quick recap. So let's play the interview. So now we're welcoming Deepak from Woo Burger. Woo Burger is actually one of the first places we've ever reviewed, serving up delicious burgers and shakes in a retro 50s-style restaurant in Woburn, Mass. We're going to kick this off with a few basic questions, then tackle one of our favorite segments on the show to cap it all off. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Deepak. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited to have Wooburger on. So me and Pat and Lee, we fi- we filmed a failed pilot at Wooburger. We are terrible actors. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Wooburger, how you guys got started, and um, you know anything else you want to talk about about Wooburger? Wooburger is basically my one of my best friends growing up. We we grew up outside of suburban Detroit, uh, so you'll hear me refer reference Detroit often throughout this. But uh, we grew up together. Uh, we both were out here. Uh, started our company and and uh, we had acquired a, another business in Woburn and we saw an opportunity to you know to create a, a fresh family friendly environment. Uh, we really believe in showcasing simple ingredients and so when the space came available we we had ideas about a menu and and so it was all about 
let's make this a really great environment, somewhere that people are comfortable, whether it's friends, whether it's families, whether it's, you know, colleagues, whatever. Let them come in and just eat simple, classic food, classic, you know, uh, burgers, sandwiches, that kind of thing, but really showcase high-quality ingredients. So using local whenever we can, using a really great quality of uh, blend of beef, that kind of thing. So uh, that was what we wanted to do, and I think that we were successful in, in kind of showcasing those ingredients in a, in a very enjoyable environment. Yeah, you guys have certainly done that. So why don't you talk to the listeners a little bit about what's on the menu and uh, what you can order at Woo Burger. Sure, sure. Uh, so our, I'll, I'll just hit on the, the big highlights. So obviously our Woo Burger is, uh, we recommend it to all beef uh, patties. We use like an 80-20 blend, and that comes with Woo Sauce, which is a mayo and onion-based sauce that, that you guys uh, very graciously featured in your in your video. And then uh, lettuce, tomato, and, and just uh, American cheese on a, a buttered toasted Martin's potato roll bun. I like the potato roll. We also offer a sesame roll. A lot of people love the sesame. It's a great product. Uh, but for me, yeah, the double Woo Burger is, is, is pretty great. You know, then we also offer a house-made veggie patty. Uh, so for a veggie burger, that's literally just chickpea, spinach, carrot, some spices, and, and, um, and a little egg to bind it. But it's very simple. tastes like vegetables. It is like vegetables, but it's delicious. Uh, and then we do local Pearl Brand hot dogs. We have a Woo Dog. Um, we have a Coney Dog, which is like another nod to Detroit. Chili, cheese, diced onion, yellow mustard. And then we have a variety of sandwiches, so anything from our fried chicken. So we bring in local fried chi- local chicken, we pound it out, we brine it in-house for 24 hours in like a buttermilk brine, and then it's it's uh, dredged in like our, our own flour dredge and fried on the spot. So you're getting just like, I think I, I think we always joke around, we're like, we wanted, when we were writing the menu, we said, let's, uh, let's make a chicken sandwich so that if someone comes in and orders the burger, they're going to leave regretting not getting the chicken sandwich and, and vice versa. So if they come and getting the chicken sandwich, they're going to regret not getting that double Woo Burger. And so then we have a couple other sandwiches as well. Um, you know, you can do a grilled cheese or um, we have a roast beef sandwich with crispy fried onions and homemade Thousand Island called the Tanner Pride and a couple of other sandwiches. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, on the North Shore, very famous Richardson Farm uh, ice cream from Middleton, Mass. Uh, so we have 34 flavors of ice cream. So you can do fraps, sundaes. Uh, as well as a variety of baked goods that we do in-house. So we have uh, what I think is pretty fantastic banana bread. It's actually uh, a, a hybrid of my mom's recipe and, and our, our baker. Uh, wow. We do chocolate chip cookies, and then we just do a, a really good chocolate chip brownie as well. Um, so simple stuff. But we were just like, if we're going to do it, let's just do what we know, and let's just use the best quality ingredients we can get, and let's just give that to people and see what they say. Cook the things you like to eat, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, literally. And start with the things that we like to start with. So I will say that I went in, so I'm very skeptical of chicken at all places. And when you were talking about the fried chicken sandwich, obviously, like I said, I'm skeptical of all places. And when I bit into it, that was one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever had. The chicken was perfectly cooked. Um, You know, you go into a lot of these places and the chicken's rubbery. It's overcooked. Your chicken was perfectly cooked, tender. It was awesome. So props to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing in the chicken fried chicken game. So talk to us, Deepak, talk to us a little bit about when you believe that Woo Burger could take off and actually be something. And when you found out that you had really good food, um, talk to us a little bit about that when you found out that, you know, this might actually be something. You know, I think we're always like striving and pushing the team or like thinking of ways to improve. We're here all the time, right? So we're immersed and there's always something to do. Um, so it's hard to say when, when we know, or when we knew that we'd started something that was real. Um, I think, like, opening up in Woburn and getting that sign up and, like, the coming soon, we did flyers in the mail as well, like, offered free burgers, 
to like 10,000 neighbors around us. Um, so I think Woburn was really receptive to that. Woburn, Woburn was looking for like a family-friendly place, good food that you can, you know, you don't feel guilty feeding your kids or whatever, and you, you feel good eating yourself. Um, so they were really, the, the city itself was very respe- receptive and responsive to us. But I think like, you know, when, when do you actually feel, like I, to this day, I don't know if I actually feel like we've, we've made it because we're here all the time and we're always just working. But I think that first time that there's like a line out the door and I, my business partner, Cal, and I are, we're in the kitchen with the team and it's, you know, you, you, you kind of look up at each other and you're like, on the one hand, you're like, oh my God, what did we get ourselves into? And on the other hand, you're kind of like, hell yeah, you know, we did it. Like this is this is this is real now. There are people here, and um, you know I think another cool thing is there was like these high school kids. They were all freshmen in high school right when we opened, and they like knocked on the door a week before we're opening, and they said, "When do you open? We want to be your first customers." And and sure enough, on September eighth, twenty fifteen, at like eleven oh five a.m., these three kids walked in, and, and now I see them all the time. They're like about to be juniors in high school now, or in the fall they'll be juniors in high school. Um, and you know, every time I see them, I'm like, what, 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 uh, what round is this? And they're like, uh, I think it's 64 or 65. So like when I find out they're close <laughs> to 50, I'll like, I'll buy dinner for them or I'll buy a round of ice cream for them or whatever. Cause they, they just keep coming back. So those, those, are, the, awesome. those are like really rewarding moments. And then those are the times when you're like, when you see a repeat guest and like you start to know their names or their orders and you're like, okay, we, we, we started something real and, and we feel like you we're made part it. of community and yeah, and absolutely. And there's some staying power here. That's yeah, awesome. So that's great to hear. Yeah, so yeah, it's been it's been it's been really fun for us. Yeah, so Deepak, you definitely have a an awesome menu. Definitely varied too with the inclusion of hot dogs. Um, what do you what do you think your favorite thing to cook is? Uh, in general, or on the menu? Let's go both. both. On the on the menu, um, I mean, you know, there's just something nice about like taking a Wu burger and then you know, de- you know, depending on what mood I'm in, do I want to put some coleslaw on it, jalapenos? Uh, crispy fried onions, maybe a little bacon, just, you know, kind of experimenting with that or, or tweaking. Like sometimes it's nice to just have like a real true Southern style fried chicken sandwich, which is like basically woo sauce and pickles and just a really good piece of fried chicken on a potato roll. So, um, it's a toss up for that in store. And then, you know, it's hard to say outside of the store as well. I, I just, I think it's the same thing, right? When we were developing this menu, it was when I cook at home, I want to just find really good and high quality ingredients and I just mm-hmm. want to do very little to them and let them shine. So that can be like, you know, I just, if I just want to like fry up an egg over easy and put that over some toast in the morning or like, you know, sear a piece of salmon or like a piece of tuna or, or, you know, even if it is a searing the, the burger in the shop, you know, it's always been, um, it's always been just about, let me, let me buy whatever I can afford that is high quality and, and just showcase that and really enjoy whatever that is. So, so it's, it's always been like a like a cathartic experience for me. So it's like, uh, you know, whatever I'm doing is is I, I'm enjoying at that moment. So Deepak, so building off of that, do you see any food trends coming up? Is there anything new that you guys want to put on your menu? Talk to us a little bit about you know what's going on there in the restaurant industry with food trends and something new that you guys may want to be putting on your menu. Sure, sure. Um, I think in terms of trends, you know, I, I think ever since 2008, you've seen kind of a trend where, you know, we started going back to, um, you know, classic, uh, classic items, things that were not necessarily like the most um, haute cuisine, but things that were really done well. And that's why I think, like, I think the burger revolution really took off right around then as well. And I think, you know, we we we've caught, you know, probably the mid middle to the tail end of that, fortunately. Um, but in terms of trends, I think seasonal, like this idea of it was called farm to table. Now it's seasonal, but it's nice to see, like, you know, you, you go somewhere and people are eating, 
you know, in, in April and May, people are eating things like green peas and, um, you know, maybe some asparagus and, and, and golden radishes, things like that, that grow at this time of year. In the winter, they might eat things like kale, like kale or, um, you know, turnips or a lot of pickled things, right? So I think that idea of seasonality is interesting. I think the idea of, like, returning to classic foods. Street foods are very popular. Um, I think one thing that we're playing around with, and, and I think I, we were talking about this when you guys were filming the Wu Sauce video, was um, fried chicken, right? So we, yeah. we are contemplating bringing, doing, like, Nashville-style hot chicken pop-ups here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would basically do, like, a, a very hot cayenne-based sauce, and you could do it, like, on a, a sandwich with coleslaw and pickles, or you could do it as a plate with two wings and a, either a breast or a thigh, uh, and then you get your choice of sides, like some collard greens and some mac and cheese, maybe a biscuit, um, you know, what else? Uh, fries, obviously we would do fries being a, a burger joint. Uh, that's a, that's a quick win for us. Um, so, you know, I think, I think just going off of things like street food and comfort food, uh, I think those are trends that are here. I think they're good trends too. I think they're, they're approachable things that people, um, you know, these are things that people have been eating kind of all, all the time and they're just showing mm-hmm. up more and more and they're very in, in, in vogue right now. So uh, I think it's fun to do that. It's also fun to, you know, keep innovating in the kitchen and, and keep coming up with new ideas. It's fun for the staff as well and for our team as well. So I think we all, we all enjoy working together and we all enjoy working on new things together. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, we've been asking a lot of people about food trends and, you know, very similar to what you just said. So it's interesting to hear what, you know, everybody in the industry is thinking about in regards to food trends. So I know Lee's got a question. Yeah. So Deep, I, as our listeners know, I've said I'm a terrible cook in every single one of our episodes. Never try to shy away from it. Obviously, you know your way around a burger after doing this since 2015 and Woo Burgers and one of probably the best burger I've had in Massachusetts. Do you have any tips uh, for me on how to make a good burger since grilling season's upon us? So I am a, you know, we do a smash burger here. So in terms of a, if you're going to use a grill, I would mm-hmm. put a cast iron pan or a cast iron griddle on your grill. I actually am starting up. to use that, so that's, that's okay. is actually yeah, very so helpful. Let that heat up, and, and what I would say is, uh, on a grill, you want to you want to get that thing ripping hot, uh, and then just again, I, it's about like, um, you know, you just get get really good quality beef. If you can grind it grind it yourself, great. Um, you know, I, I definitely have a a meat grinder that I I, I don't have a, an, a, a grill at, currently at home, but um, when I did in the past, I would definitely grind my own meat. But even still, you know, you, you go to the, the butcher or the market and you find a, a good quality uh, ground meat mix or uh, whatever it is and form your own patties. Uh, salt and pepper, that's, that's really what it is. And just let, you want to you want to have enough fat in your burger, blend uh, and just sear it. And then you want to cook it to however you like to have it done. Um, but I, I think simple the better, simpler the better. That's especially with a burger. You really want that beef taste. You want um, that caramelization, you want the, the, that, the sugars to come out and caramelize on the outside, but you want it to remain moist and juicy. So the fat content is important to keep it moist and juicy. Fat is also flavor when it comes to cooking. Um, and just what I would tell you is be patient. So even if you can't get that, that thing ripping hot, if you can get it to a medium-high heat and just let your patty sit on that grill for like an extra minute or two, uh, be patient and, uh, and, and start with really good ingredients, and I think you'll be fine. It's such good advice because every time I cook when I'm hungry, like if I try to make caramelized onions and I'm hungry, forget about it. I ruin them every time because I turn the heat up way too high yep, and I can yep. never get them good and caramelized. So that's great advice. So, Deepak, now that you just gave us some cooking tips, what is one ingredient that you can't cook without? 
I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's cooked with, but I finish meals with it, uh, or I'll, I'll finish plating a meal with it. Is so I like I like I love acid, uh, so pickled anything, and I love heat, so pickled chili. So I'll if I see chilies at the grocery store or whatever, I'll just if I see like Fresnos or Anaheim's or cherry peppers or whatever, I'll just buy a bunch. I'll, I'll slice them up thin and I'll just put them in like a, like vinegar, water, salt, and sugar, and maybe like some garlic, and I'll just let them sit and pickle, and then I'll put that on. Like I'll put that on like a, an over easy egg. I'll put that if if I have like Indian food or something or um, anything really. You know, I just think that acid is and heat are interesting. They're a great way to cut through richness. Um, there's brightness. The fruitiness of the chili comes out when you pickle it. So like to me, that idea of introducing acid and the texture of like a crunchy chili, um, the cold temperature. I think there's so many nuances that come come out with like a pickled chili. Um, that, so that, that to me is something that I, I, I find myself like back in the fridge, you know, every time I'm cooking and I'm finishing everything with a couple slices of that. And, um, and just really, I, I just think that's, uh, that's really something that I'm into, uh, very interested in and into right now. That's a great idea. Cause I love pickled jalapenos. I use it on everything. And I yeah. also use plain, you know, uh, flaky red pepper on everything. So right. now I can just combine the pickled and the heat at the same time. That's, Great idea. I'm going to sure. make sure I pick up some uh, chilies tomorrow and get to pickling. Uh, Lee, what do you got? So, Deepak, um, I like to ask people who are chefs and business owners this. What's the hardest part about having both of those worlds kind of combined to one? Uh, what your passion, but also keeping things minded on the business side? Yeah, I mean, I, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to clarify. I'm, I'm not a chef. I, all those people who go through culinary school, I don't want to take anything away. So I, I like to cook. Uh, I know my way around the kitchen, but I'm, I'm not, not uh, classically trained. But as a business owner, um, you know, I think the hardest part, um, you know, this is, this is always what I, I always wanted to do this. You know, back in, like, grade school, high school, I was, I was you know, very encouraged to be a physician uh, following the family business, and, and I didn't want to. Um, and so it was always hospitality, restaurants, hotels. This is always what appealed to me. Um, and I think when I, when I started to run the business, you, you know, you put your heart and soul in anything you're doing and anything you're passionate about. And so I, you know, I was reading, uh, shoe dogs, which is Phil Knight's memoir about starting Nike. Uh, and he said this, and like, I read an article about like a couple tech startup guys, a lot of people, Warren Buffett has talked about this as well, but Phil Knight really touches on it nicely. And it's, it's the idea of, you know, not letting the highs be too high and not letting the lows be too low and just kind of rem- remaining in equilibrium. I think that's kind of tough to do because you're so involved and so passionate. So uh, for me, that everything else is like it's day-to-day. It's what I want to do. It's what I anticipated, what I expected. But, um, you know, I think remaining as even-keeled as possible, is it, it can be challenging. And so just taking that advice and really um, you know, when I read that, I, re- I remember reading it. I was on a, on a plane and I'm on my iPad and I, I highlighted the blurb or the paragraph that, about that and I just texted it to myself um, so that I could have it. And I just I think about that often um, because it's it's really critical to to as, as a leader in the organization or one of the the two leaders in the organization to to keep that equilibrium and and to not let the lows get you too down and not not let the highs um, keep you from maintaining your focus. That's nice. That's awesome. So, Deepak, I used to work in the city, and uh, I frequented food trucks a lot. And when I think of your food, your burgers, your chicken sandwiches, that was the first thing that came to mind was like, wow, this would be so great on a food truck. Have you guys given any thought to expanding into that kind of realm? Um, Yeah, no, I mean, we're always thinking about it. I think right now we're, we're, we're in a good spot where we are happy with this business. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of competing priorities that we have personally right now. So 
you know, the food truck market is great. It's competitive. Competition in the restaurant business is, is, is always a good thing. More options for customers, always a good thing. Um, I think that it's, it's just a matter of we would have to, you know, expansion is always something we thought about. It's not necessarily food trucks that we've thought about, but you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Like smashing a burger on a flat top and, and throwing some chicken down on a fryer or on a flat top is something that easily lends itself to a food truck. Uh, our menu very much lends itself to a food truck. So it's something that we would certainly consider, I think, if we ran the numbers more closely. Um, but uh, for now, I think we're, we're brick and mortar for now. And, you know, we're we're focused on, you know, we do a lot of catering, but the food truck also would be nice. We could we could do a little bit different type of catering as well. So yeah. it's certainly something to consider, but not something that we're, we're necessarily focused on right now. Got it. I would love to see one in the future. So make sure you consider it. So we got a couple more questions for you. Um, sure. Lee has a famous question at the end that he'll ask, but I have one final question for you, and it's one that we ask every single person. It's, you know, you run a successful business. It's awesome. You know, you went into it a little bit in the last question, but what is a tip that, you know, you can give to our listeners who want to go out there and start something and do something and be successful at it? What's a tip that you can give them that they can, you know, think about? I know you talked about don't be too high, don't be too low. Is there anything else that you would uh, say? Um, you know, I, I think passion is is so critical in, in order for me. And, and there are some people who are able to give their all no matter what. Uh, I am not one of those people. So finding something that I'm passionate about um, was very critical for me. That being said, passion is a good thing. It's a great thing. It can also be dangerous. Um, so passion and focus go hand in hand. Um, so it's really important to use that passion and, and harness that passion and, and keep that as your drive, but then be focused with that ambition and with that drive. So um, I'm always super excited. Like even just, you know, I'm doing like little like reorganization tasks right now. I, have, I'm, I was running around before this with like a label maker um, retyping labels for our ice cream area. But like, that's funny. But it's just something that had to be done and I wanted to get it done before we hit the busy, busy ice cream season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was, it was like, I'm passionate about this. I want this to be done. I want my business to be successful. But if I don't have this kind of inane mundane stuff on my to-do list and if I don't make sure that it's not going to, that it gets done, then I worry that it won't, you know, and it's not that, uh, yeah. it's, it's mission critical stuff, but it's just like, there's a goal that has to be achieved and I need to stay focused to that. That's awesome. Uh, so I think I think passion and focus are they go hand in hand, um, and and passion really propels, uh, and and focus kind of steers you. It's funny we've done about you know ten fifteen interviews at this point, and I think everybody has said passion, but you're the only other person to add focus into it. So that was very interesting, Lee. Yeah, I'll be all over the place. Otherwise, I mean that's that, the people who know me best. They'd be like, okay, hold on, hold hold on, man. So <laughs> uh, the art of the to do list, you know, that's uh, that's something that I need to. Uh, I need to get better at still. It's something that I've tried to focus on. My business partner is excellent at it, so I've tried to uh, to learn from that. Um, but yeah, that helps a lot for me. That's great. Nice. That's definitely something I use. Anyway, Deepak, I have a final question. I call it the forty to fifteen dollar question. Us being mass elites, I read an article once about prisoners and getting their last meals. But some states have, like Florida and Oklahoma, have certain budget restrictions. Let's say you're in that unfortunate situation you're facing a last meal and you're, you know, playing by Florida's rules and you have a $40 budget, what do you think makes the list? And we know that you'll choose Woo Burger, you know, for both of them. So ju- <laughs> we'll just say that, uh, you know, you've had your fill of Woo Burger already. And I've, I've what else would you eat? Woo Burger. Okay, so what else would I eat? Um, ooh. doesn't have to be so, a place. It can be you made something, whatever you think. Sure, sure. So there's a couple things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use uh, exchange rates to my advantage here. So there's a, there's a, a street food in New Delhi. Uh, called Papri Chat, which is basically like these crisp 
uh, wafers made out of their fried lentil flour wafers. Uh, so they're, they're, they're basically chips, and they put that in a little bowl, and they put, like, um, diced onion, diced potatoes, like a yogurt sauce, and then, like, this brown tamarind sauce, which is sweet and spicy, and this green, like, cilantro mint sauce. Uh, and then they put a bunch of, like, there's a cumin and chili powder and a bunch of different spices, and you just kind of, it's like a street food. Uh, wow. That is probably one of my favorite um, favorite things to eat. Uh, so that would be on there, and that would be like, I mean, we're talking like forty rupees, so that's that that's <laughs> that's not even that's like seventy cents. So I, I have thirty nine dollars and thirty cents to go. Um, You're rolling on the dough. <laughs> no, I would probably do, um, you know, just a, a great a great uh, like piece of fried chicken. Uh, somewhere down nice. in, in like Nashville, like uh, like a Prince's fried chicken, get the get the hot chicken, and really, you know, I mean, if if I'm done, like give me the, I want to feel the burn, I want to enjoy it all the way, <laughs> um, and then I mean, I, I, pizza, some sort of pizza, you know, whether it's like a great New York style or being a Detroiter, I would have to get like a, a slice of our like a deep dish square Detroit style pizza, and then the other thing with Detroit is Lebanese food. There's a ton of Middle Eastern people, largest Middle Eastern population outside of the Middle East. So I would have to get like a like a, a shish tawuk chicken kebab uh, sandwich and some hummus from La Marsa in in in, in suburban Detroit. I, that would be, and I think I would actually stay under forty dollars with all that. That's pretty that's, good. That's great. The question Clancy. is, can you eat all of it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> Two-glass meal, Clancy. Yeah, that's true. Um, that was one, definitely one of the better answers that we've gotten. I'll give I you that. I think that's my favorite answer. Yeah, that was great. Well, you, you gave me the price limit, and I was like, I mean, if, if you tell me, my, if you ask me my last meal without a budget, I'm saying, you know, I want, I want the full, you know, raw bar, seafood tower, <laughs> and, a, and a good bottle of champagne. But forty dollars <laughs> yeah. gets you like three oysters and a glass of champagne. So. There's a second part to the question, though. There is a second part, but I'm gonna preface that real quick. Steve, you went to uh, business school, right? I did, I did. I went Def- to hotel. Definitely management. shows up in you playing with the exchange rates. There you um, go, there you go. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, part two of the question, and this one, I really hope you can think on your feet for this one. So we're going to play by Oklahoma rules where it's a $15 budget now. $15 budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to do a slice of Detroit-style pizza. I'm going to do that, that chicken kebab sandwich and, and, the, uh, and, the, and, the, and the papri chot. I can I can get that done for about ten bucks. That's there you go. An awesome meal. So, That's awesome. And a Budweiser, you know. <laughs> Use those last five bucks well. Yeah, <laughs> gotta go out in style, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So Deepak, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, you know, if you're out in Woburn, you know, give Wooburger a try. It is delicious. Uh, some of the best burgers and fried chicken that you're ever gonna have. Stop in there for ice cream once it starts to get warmer out. Deepak, you got any shout-outs for anybody or anything you want to leave us with? Uh, you know, I'll shout-out to my, my guys here, the, the, my team here, the, the Woo crew. They're definitely going to get a shout-out. Um, you know, and uh, I, have, I have some friends in Detroit. They opened a restaurant called Voyager, so I'll give them a shout-out. And then my, uh, my business partner's wife is opening an Orange Theory Fitness in Westford, so I'll give her a shout-out as well. So. Awesome. Sounds great. Nice. Lee, close us out, buddy. Sure. So that was Deepak of WooBurger. Definitely check out their Instagram. I think their handle is at WooBurgerMain. We'll be putting that in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. Definitely check out the restaurant. Probably the best burger I've had in Massachusetts. Thank you so much for joining us, Deepak. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure is mine, guys. Thank you so much. Okay, Pat. That was uh, that was Deepak from WooBurger. Awesome interview. 
Uh, I know Clancy and I were on there for like 25 minutes. Definitely didn't feel like it. Pat, since you've been there, maybe you could elaborate on a couple things. How is there a restaurant atmosphere? Because Deepak said they want like a fresh family environment, showcasing a lot of simple but high-end ingredients. You've been there a lot of times. I've only been there once. How's the food over there? It's good, man. So the actual setup of uh, their restaurant is based off of an old-time diner because that's actually what it was. Yeah, it's like a uh, retro 50s kind of style, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously came in and updated the place and they have like awesome graphics on the walls and like newly uh, fixed up chairs that are like old school, like an old diner. And then they, they have like the shakes and the uh, the burgers to kind of match that theme going forward. Oh, right. I forgot. They, um, I know he mentioned in an interview, but I'm just recalling this now. They have a ton of ice cream there, right? Yeah, I think something like 22 flavors. Uh, they've rotated it since I've, I started going there, but they, they get all their stuff local for the most part. So that's, that's something I definitely like about restaurants too. Yeah. It's definitely one of their fish and state or, uh, their mission statements. Like, uh, they even had like this watermelon cooler that had watermelon ice cream dumped in it. So that was, that was awesome. It's like soda water with watermelon cooler in it. So good. That's pretty cool. Uh, since it's Woo Burger, we be kind of scumbags not to mention their trademark item. I've had it only once, one of the best burgers I've ever had. But Pat, can you say something about their uh, Woo Burger patties? They use the 80-20 blend and their awesome sauce, which we tried making that pilot. Do you remember about it? It was our first time on video, so it didn't go over so well. Yeah, we're not uh, good actors. Oh, not at all, man. And like, I, I looked like a bum that day, too. Like, <laughs> So it was just like, the burger's great. I think the sauce is what kind of makes it, to be totally honest. like Obviously, the, the patty has that ratio, 80-20, which they described to me as the perfect ratio um, mm-hmm. because the amount of grease and fat and uh, protein could that like that's what cooks best is I the mean, 80 they cook 20 a of a burger there I love their smash burger style by the way you don't see that a lot these days yeah so if any of you guys don't know what a smash burger style is they actually take like this iron and smash the burger down until it's flat right on the right on the grill yeah it like it looks kind of paper thin when it's on the grill but it, it tastes awesome. Especially with their woo sauce, which I think it's just mayo and onions, right? And a, a bunch of other stuff, too. They said it They said it was a secret sauce, so they couldn't release the whole the whole list. But it tastes deeply of onions. Um, that was, like, the main taste you get out of it. I'm not, like, a big onions guy, but, like, to be honest, it's one of the better, like, burger chain restaurant sauces that I like. Pat, how's their, um, how are their other items? How's their uh, fried chicken? Have you had it yet? So I actually had their Firebird chicken sandwich uh, a few months back, and it's essentially it's a fried, deep fried, uh, and breaded chicken sandwich with buffalo and ranch dressing on it, and I thought it was really good. Nice. Um, it definitely definitely matches up to the burgers that this they're serving up on the menu. Cool. So I know you weren't. Um, <clears throat> I know you're not actually from Woburn, but. Can you actually recall when they were opening up? Because they only opened like two years ago, right? Yeah, it was two years ago. And it was like, I was hearing about it from everybody. And I think it's just because in the North Shore area of Massachusetts, there wasn't really any burger spots like that. And they kind of they kind of took that title. Yeah, they said when they were opening up, they were offering like all their neighbors like 10,000 free burgers in Woburn. So the entire city was really receptive, obviously. But I can't believe they never really had like a huge burger place like that. No, you know what? The, the closest thing we have to it, we have a we have a Wahlburgers uh, in Linfield, which is which is close by. But other than those two spots, I can't really think of any. Everything's right. in Boston. They they get all the good stuff, you know. 
Hey, man, Wahlburger's a hell of a burger. I still haven't tried Wahlburgers. Can you believe that? I know, dude. You're missing out. They, they, that's actually one of the spots. If you check our Instagram, um, I wrote up at the very beginning when we first started the blog a few months back. Yeah. Uh, Clancy asked them earlier if they ever thought they would get a food truck. Obviously, they have a lot of different priorities first, but it, you know, it's hopefully on the bubble one day in the close future. How well do you think a food truck of theirs would do? Brick and mortar, man. I think it would do great, especially with like, it's a new thing, but there's so many food festivals like around this area. So if you're a fan of Wooburger, obviously you're going to hit their food truck at one of these local food festivals. Definitely. Plus, like Deepak said, they uh, all they need is just a flat top grill for their burgers and a deep fryer for the chicken. They could kill it on the food truck. Wouldn't game. be tough, man. Wouldn't be tough at all. I think like burgers would be one of the easier food trucks to do. I really hope they do it just because I'm never out in Wooburn that much. But if they're in Boston, I would definitely make the trip for that. Yeah, absolutely. And and the crazy thing about Boston is too that they have like they have such a big growing like food truck market. They actually have a website that you can you can go and check the food truck schedules on and it lists what what day and what time that they'll oh, be. Oh, they have located. like a directory for that? Yes, they do. It's a, it's it's a, it's newer, but like because there've been so many food trucks popping up in the area, they started tracking them. Oh, cool. Hopefully we see uh, Deepak and Cal there one day. Oh, that'd be great, man. Yeah. So one last thing, um, you've been listening to our podcasts, obviously. You know how when we ask everyone if, what the best advice is, you know, starting off and they always say passion? Yeah. So Deepak said passion, but he also gave us a little spin on that. He said, it can be dangerous, but you need focus to also keep your head up. And you like, you can't let your highs be too high. You can't let your lows be too low. That's some advice that obviously we all need. I thought it was an awesome answer because what he's essentially saying is, you know, things are going to happen. You still need to keep your, you still need to keep focused on your everyday mundane tasks, you know? Yeah, man, it, it's, it's tough running a restaurant. Like that's got to be one of the hardest businesses I think would be to get into. Oh, definitely. The competition is fierce. Competition's fierce. You can never predict like what the weather's going to be like, especially in New England. Like when it starts to get shittier out, snow is everywhere. Nobody wants to go outside and eat. Like I'm sure that affects them. Um, you know, food trends, like all that crazy stuff. It's like, you got to keep your head on a swivel and just like be able to work around that and go with the flow of the market. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish nothing but the best to those two. I'm sure they're going to kill it. Definitely want to see a food truck though. Plus, like I said in the interview, definitely. I think it's like the best burger I've had in Massachusetts. Uh, up there for sure. I mean, I, I, you, of I mean, course, you have more exposure to burgers than I do. So yeah, being closer to Boston, I think I, I think I'm kind of spoiled with that. But uh, mm-hmm. top five for sure, and that's saying a yeah. lot because there's there's a lot of burger places in in like Massachusetts that you can you can say are pretty good. Yeah, top chain. five is good. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's not a it's not a chain restaurant either. So on top of like being top five, I think that says a lot. Yeah, being based at a Woburn, that's amazing. Yeah, they they really played hard towards the Woburn uh townspeople with the whole woo burger so it any of you guys don't know wooburn of massachusetts nicknames called woo town uh so they called it woo burger all right that does it for our recap of the interview i'm sure there's a lot of, of great things we can say about woo burger but pat since you're back i know that you were working hard on a couple segments that you want us to do you want to enlighten us on those so i came up with a segment the people versus food we go into people who eat professionally People who get into fights at restaurants, people suing, you know, food companies. Basically any any disaster or victory involving food. 
Yeah, the, the very few victories that the people have, but I, I'm going to give them to food with the majority of the time. All right, I saw what you have for this. I'm pretty excited because, coincidentally, you mentioned one of my favorite YouTube channels slash YouTube stars, Matt Stoney, am I right? A.K.A. the Megatoad, Matt Stoney, yes. Professional eater. He holds a ton of championships, right? I think he won the hot dog contest not too long ago. So uh, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest out of New York, he has... Last year, I actually watched it. He dethroned... uh, Another big uh, champion food eater, Joey Chestnut, and he won last year. Yeah, and Joey Chestnut for a while was like the guy. Oh, yeah, he was eight-time defending champion. Like, he he's he was one of the biggest food eaters in the world, and then Matt Stoney came out of nowhere and beat him. It's funny. He wants to be a, uh, I think it's a dietitian or a, phys- or a nutritionist in uh, school, and I'm just like, I, I guess... I guess that's like a really good way to advertise because you're somehow still rail thin, but you're eating all this stuff on like your off time. I mean, to be fair, that's true. Like, I mean, the guy eats 80 hot dogs and he's still 120 pounds. Like, it doesn't matter how good your genetics are. He's still skinny. (laughs) You need to balance that out. Yeah. So he's he's doing a great job. Anyway, Pat, what's the uh, what's the challenge that we have uh, highlighted for today? So over this past weekend, I caught a I caught a quick couple minutes of the. Peeps eating world championship. Now we're talking about like the marshmallow peeps that get sickening after one. Yeah, man. It's, it, you know, next weekend's Easter. Um, getting in the spirit of that, East Ho- uh, Peeps hosted a record eating contest where Matt Stoney crushed it and uh, he ate 255 peeps. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? Did you ever watch that show, Malcolm in the Middle? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great show. Did you see the one where they bet? the older brother Francis that no one it's impossible to eat a hundred peeps and he did it. No, I don't I don't know if I saw that episode. Yeah, I mean he ended up throwing them back up, but like a hundred peeps <laughs> sounds awful because if anyone's ever had peeps, they're not only a weird like a weird uh texture, they're freaking huge. Yeah, yeah. And dude, you know what? I, I get I get a box of those every Easter. I think I eat two and just end up throwing them away. Just... No one likes peeps. I'm convinced no one likes peeps. Dude. Well, dude, I think I, I think I go into it thinking I'm going to be like, oh, man, these are great. I love these. Like I haven't. But it's just because I haven't had them in a year. And it's like, oh, it's Easter. I got to eat satis- these. Your level of satisfaction from like the first three are really, really good. And then after that, it just plummets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I eat one, I'm like, eh, and then I eat two, and it's like, I don't want any more of these, and then they go right in the barrel. (laughs) The whole merchandising of candy around Easter, huge scam. No one enjoys that much candy, no matter how big of a sweet tooth. It's nuts, and you know what? Peeps, like, you might see them for a couple of the holidays of the year, but other than that, like, this is where they must make all their money. You know what? Before we get back on topic, how many peeps do you think you can eat? If you're giving me, say, like an hour... I think I could put down 60. Okay. 60. All right, well, all right we got to put that test. Anyway, back to topic. Matt Stoney, <laughs> 297 peeps, you said? No, 255. 255. That's and he, he actually sent out a tweet, too, and it was pretty funny. He goes, what's my job? Question mark. And then he goes, eating cute, fluffy, sugar-covered marshmallows. And then it's just like a picture of stacks on stacks on stacks of peeps. Anyway, Pat. I know we have a couple other things to talk about. What else you got for us, buddy? So the next part of uh, the people versus food, I actually picked up this this article by Tastemade, and they went over uh, five people who have actually ate themselves to death. So, so literally ate this themselves was, yeah, to death. Yeah, this was a little sad when you mentioned it to me. I'm not going to lie. I thought this was a little heavy. 
Yeah, I started, man. and I, I don't know if it's mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I laughed a little bit at each of these stories. Yeah, so let's go over the first one. I thought this was an urban legend because it involves a person who died from eating too much gum. Yeah, man, me too. Like, I when I was a little kid, I was definitely swallowing my fair share of gum. And then, like, I think I think my parents were just like, stop swallowing it because it doesn't digest. It doesn't digest. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. doesn't go through your system. So it stays I figured there they were like just saying years. that just so I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I thought so too. But, you know, this poor girl in England, uh, she ate around 14 sticks of gum a day. Yeah, man. And I, it, it's literally true that her stomach was failing to absorb the... The bubble gum. Oh, mineral. Yeah. And it was just uh, like any, big any minerals, I guess like the clump of gum just sucked it all out of her. Yeah, man. That's that's some pretty nasty stuff. Uh this next one that we're going over, I've definitely imagined binging like this, but this is a little little too far. Fashion model ate nineteen pounds of food in one setting. I could definitely order nineteen pounds of food. I don't know if I could eat nineteen pounds of food. So this chick threw 19 pounds out there, blew out her stomach. Yeah, let's, uh, I mean, it does say a little bit of what she had. She had a pound of liver, two pounds of kidneys, which, Jesus lady, choose, choose some better food. <laughs> right. A half pound of steak. And then she also had a pound of cheese, two eggs, two glasses of milk, and two thick slices of bread. You think she was eating all this stuff separately? So like she ate one pound of liver and then all of a sudden she was just like, I'm going to eat a pound of cheese now, and then I'm going to have two, like, raw eggs. <laughs> oh, geez, like she's just eating a wheel of cheese? Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden she's like, you know what? Now I want two big slices of bread. <laughs> just oh, like, God, what? I hope not. I, I, when I saw the two slices of bread, I'm like, that sounds like a pretty kick-ass sandwich, even yeah. if it does have liver and kidney in it. Dude, this chick's from the UK, so, like, all these meats thrown on here definitely make sense. Because, like, I don't know anybody in the US who would eat, like, a pound of liver, but I feel like over in the UK, that might be the norm. All right, Pat. Number three. The Floridian psychologist that loved hot dogs too much. Uh, how many hot dogs are we talking about here? Five pounds. I love hot dogs, man, but five pounds is too much. So you're thinking like that's five packs of hot dogs? Yeah, there's like what? Uh, maybe 10 dogs each. 12, 12, 12. Because then th- that's the whole debate of like... Uh, Hot dogs to rolls. Oh, the rolls, Like yeah. the hot dogs roll. Right. And I think there's always 12 hot dogs and then there's 10 rolls. Yeah, hate hate that system, by the way. But there's definitely a pound per package. So times that by five, that's a lot of freaking dogs, man. Yeah, he's not. we're not talking about a pro eater here. We're just talking about an average dude. Yeah, because like, obviously somebody like Joey Chestnut or Matt Stoney could eat that no problem. But somebody just like off the street, boom, throwing five... 12, I mean, whatever 12 times 5 is, and then... It's 60, Pat. Yeah. I, I don't oh, know okay. if you're serious about that. <laughs> Three boxes of crackers and then two quarts of milk. That's just like a bad mix right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, milk was a bad choice. All right, we got we to gotta run through this list, buddy. We got some more good stuff to talk about. All right, all right. We got Alfred Frederick, the greedy king of Sweden. And what did he do, Pat? Uh, so he was known for eating crazy throughout history, uh, being, being the king he was. Yeah. He just took advantage and ate a ton of like lobster, caviar, uh, a lot of like rare birds and stuff and a ton of champagne, right? Something a greedy king of Sweden would eat. Yes. Uh, Dude, I'm not going to lie. That style. 
I would definitely do that if I was a king. Oh, those are all like royalty food foods, man. Then that makes sense. He ate a friggin' herring, and then <laughs> he had gout, and they call gout the uh, the king's disease, I think. And then it says on here too, he also had fourteen servings of hot milk. <laughs> oh man, Pat, I just came up with an idea Ugh. for a future segment. What's that? We should go over Kim Jong Un's diet because that thing is that thing is legendary. Oh man, we're gonna have to next next podcast. We'll yeah, go over it. we're gonna have to do a segment about like uh crazy crazy world leaders and like the shit that they eat definitely gotta do that and this one our fifth and final person this one struck me as a little odd because this guy did it on purpose he ate fugu liver and any fans of the simpsons know what fugu is it means blowfish japanese pufferfish yeah the japanese pufferfish and anyone who's seen the simpsons knows that it's some very very poisonous stuff he believed he was powerful enough so he was literally just trying to show people up in his 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 hometown to eat at what, at what point in derangement do you think you're strong enough to withstand poison i don't know maybe you just like work yourself into it so like you take a bite and then you take two bites like per day and you bump it up it's a little rough like i said before some of these I, I, when you said i know five people who died from eating i'm like i don't want to see a pat and he said, no, 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 trust me. And then you sent me the link. I was like, I kind of started chuckling my entire way down the list. Who do you think's who do you think's a winner out of this if you had to pick one out of the five? Like the uh, worst, like worst way to die, like The worst way to die? Gum. Gum. Because yeah. that sounds like a really slow, painful way to go. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like I, the guy who poisoned himself, he definitely just like died like an hour after eating it. But the the Swedish guy, he lived like a no, he was a king, but he also lived like one too, so I can't really blame that. The the greedy king of Sweden, Adolf Frederick. The thing with that too is it's seventeen seventy one, so he wasn't living long anyways. So he he went out exactly how he was a king. Yeah, no, I know. I I love it. Downing bottles of champagne with his well, like his lobster and caviar. Yeah, I'd give him like an MVP of this list for sure. Yeah, honestly, he should be on a list of heroes. <laughs> yeah that's for sure and then the, the, the japanese guy who ate the poison liver like i just give him a pie to a face because like he's just an idiot that's like a, that's a dunce award <laughs> i feel bad but you know it's a dunce award yeah I agree. anyway so that had that uh that finishes us off with uh the segments you wanted to do right well i, I if you wanted to briefly go into this last one we oh, actually have a us? we have a controversial uh topic and that's I'm- I'm all the, about it. What's the, up? The Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial. Oh, right. That thing uh, blew that up. getting man. a lot of fire in the news. Oh, man. A lot of hate. A lot of hate going around. Ha, ha, you've seen it. I mean, I really hope you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, and it was it, like, I don't understand why people were that upset, but it's just so stupid. Like, I was literally laughing at myself because I'm like, this is literally the dumbest commercial ever. And they were like, it's a uh, dumb commercial. I don't think it was offensive. But then again, you know, you know, you know how I am. Yeah, I mean, um, but like I, can, I, I can see how people might think it's offensive, but it's just oh, I like can definitely see how people find it offensive. It was hilarious because someone at the marketing for Pepsi should have been like, "Hey, this isn't a good yeah, idea." Yeah, yeah, right. Or even on like what, Kendall Jenner's agent should have been like, "Uh, maybe you shouldn't do this commercial." <laughs> well, here's like, the thing: Kendall Jenner's like 21 or something like that. She shouldn't be blamed. She was just the actress. Yeah. But she's got a team, man. I I blame both sides. I mean, like, obviously she's doing it for the money, so it matters less to her. But, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, like, it's hurting both of their images. Like, I, you'd think Pepsi would have been, like... Well, if you know, if a bottle of Pepsi can quell, you know, racial tension and political divide in America, Pat, who's to say that it's not the right commercial? Yeah. We we haven't seen it happen yet. 
So that's a stay woke thing. It's just like Pepsi might have actually solved our world problems because instead of hating each other, we all hate Pepsi now. And right. that, that you know what I you know what I realized? What? We forgot to describe the commercial. Well, I, okay, so the commercial for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's essentially Kendall Jenner is in the middle of a photo shoot in like a restaurant that's like partially outdoors. And there's like all these people walking by in the street, like getting together to like Protesting. go protest. Protesters, yeah. yeah. And like there's like they they play on um they play on a lot of stuff. They play, uh, I think a little bit was on the Kent State Massacre or whatever with the yeah, college riots. Yeah. And and I, at, at one point in the commercial, it had these protesters approaching a wall of policemen. And instead of some, you know, hippie girl giving a flower to one of the cops, it's like this this lady or guy, I forget who, gives a bottle of Pepsi and the cop well, just it, smiles yeah, and joins Kendall, Kendall Jenner jumps in on the the like crowd of protesters with a Pepsi can and she hands it over to the cop. And they just like awkwardly smile at each other, and then he just cracks it, and everybody starts cheering. <laughs> hey, racial tension and uh, political divide solved. Pepsi, baby. I know, right? Well, so that's this all created up a big hype, and everybody was all pissed, like because uh, they were saying that it was like it was like making fun of protests and all this other stuff, and like saying like people that... get too butthurt easily. I thought yeah. it was funny just because it was a terrible idea. Oh, it what. It, Cheesy ass commercial. Um, I think people definitely overreacted to it. But the thing was, so people are now protesting Pepsi. But the really? way they got they they got that much backlash. Yeah. So people people were trying to protest Pepsi, but they don't understand that Pepsi company owns about thirty other brands. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a giant umbrella. They own KFC and Taco it's an umbrella Bell. company. Yeah. yeah, they own KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Captain Crunch, Quaker Oats, Mountain Dew. Like the list goes on. So it's like these stupid ass people um, are like, "Yeah, we're not doing Pepsi," but then they're out there taking pictures with like a bag of Lay ch- uh, chips, and it's just like you're still you're still buying stuff for Pepsi. Pepsi's a, Pepsi's a large company, buddy. Yeah. So my whole thing was, do you think you would be able to boycott Pepsi? No, I don't know. no, I can't because I, the drink, yeah, KFC probably because you know, I'm a Popeyes fan. I they literally maybe, own thirty brands. Like if you're gonna drink any soda, like unless you're drinking Coke, Coca Cola, like I don't know if I would be able to do it. I like ginger ale. I don't know if either of them own the ginger ale. Uh I think you're good on that. I'm sure yeah. one of them does, but you know, I like polar ginger ale anyway from Worcester, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think I could boycott the Pepsi company because I love Pizza Hut. It's you know it's a dark horse pick for pizza places. Yeah, there's Domino's, sure. but I love Pizza Hut the most. I think for that tire of pizza, I I definitely agree with that. <laughs> Did you say tire? Yeah, what a tier, tier, tier. Jesus Christ! Uh, you know I'm the resident grammar Nazi guy. And my thing is too with Pepsi's, like I might be able to boycott them, but if I'm hungover and I need a Gatorade, all of a sudden I can't have a Gatorade. It's like, oh. what am I gonna do? Wait, they own Gatorade? Yeah, so that's oh, like... No one... shot I can... No shot I can... Pull I know, man. That's like one of the drinks that they have. Awful. But yeah, back to the commercial. I understand why people are mad. I just find it funny because it was... I don't want to say poor taste, but it was very poor judgment. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. But, it, uh... You know, I've, I've moved on. I'm over it. But it's not enough for me to, like, want to go boycott Pepsi. They just made, like, a Oh, bad, no. Like, bad I decision. don't get offended easily. I just thought it was funny. I knew a lot of people would, but I didn't think it would be at the point where you're protesting Pepsi. Yeah. All right, Pat, you got anything else for that? I think that's it. Um, Unless you wanted to get into your Dallas trip a little bit. 
The Dallas trip, I'll wait till Clancy's on. We're going to have him on again one day. Um, but you and I, since you and I are both here, you want to talk about Barlow's? Yeah, Barlow's for sure. Okay. Because so I let actually. Me give you guys, yeah, let me, uh, let me get some background. Yeah. Um, Chef Eustace, the guy who invited us there, uh, he was one of the first people who invited Mass Elites to anything. One of the nicest people we've ever met. He was originally at another restaurant in South Boston, moved over to Barlow's in. Well, South Boston slash Seaport area. Uh, what he does, he's got a really, he's really specializing in Caribbean and Pan Asian cuisine. You definitely see it in a lot of stuff that they have on their menu because he reworked it. Me and Pat were there recently. I posted about them on Friday. So Pat, what do you think? I thought Barlow's is great. Um, I think it. He's he's playing on exactly what South Boston is all about. And it's like quick. You know, a lot of bar food related items. So, you know, you got your burgers, you got your sandwiches. He's got a mix of pizza in there, tacos. Um, By the way, his pizza, the bulgogi beef pizza, which, you know, even he admitted the name is a little weird. So it should be called the stir fry pizza, but with a better name. Yeah. Amazing. One of the oh, top pizzas. I've it was ever great. Had. I've never had that type of pizza before. I thought it was awesome. It was uh, literally he- heard a quack. That was a that was my phone. My bad. Oh, I thought you, I thought you had a duck over there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my phone. I thought I had it on silent. But yeah, the uh, back to the pizza. What were you saying? So the Bulgogi pizza, you can actually taste the stir-fry sauce. And then oh, he tops... so good. Yeah, he, he tops it off with everything you would put in a stir-fry and then puts a uh, over-easy egg right on top. Dude, so yeah, so it was great. Uh, let's see. He gave us... Oh, he gave us their house-made sausage, which... I, I never really order sausage from anywhere, but the fact they do it in-house and then they smoke it in-house, really impressive. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't imagine a lot of people doing all that work themselves, so, you know. It's he was, really freaking good, too. Yeah, oh, way. for sure, for sure. It was great. It was like, uh, how did we describe it? I think it was something close to, like, a jerky. Like yeah. The, like, not, not the consistency, but the taste was more towards, like, what you would get from a jerky, and I love jerky myself, so I thought it was pretty good. He had the uh, jerk beef and jerk chicken tacos that he gave us. Those were awesome. Had a definitely definitely a spicy kick to him. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the burrito, literally. Oh, so right. I, I forgot not, about the burrito. Not that I think it, like, I didn't think it really matched the menu very well, but he did have a burrito, and it was so good. Pat, that might be top two or top three burrito I've ever had. Maybe even one. I don't know. Top three for sure. Um. I, at that point, I'm like, uh, what are you doing at this restaurant? You should just close down and open up a burrito spot because it open was so cart. good. Open a cart. Yeah, make, yeah. Make burritos. I know. It was it was real good. Um, he had like he had like this special cheese, and I think that's what kind of threw it all together. I can't exactly remember what uh, the name of it is. We're going to have to ask him when we interview him, but it was so good. Yeah, Barlow's is great. Super awesome spot in South Boston. The place is gigantic. Huge. It was It was two floors. Um, and then they have like a little patio area that I think that they must open up when the weather yeah, gets nice. I, I imagine like Saturday day drinking must be awesome over there. Yeah, it's like it's it's placed very well between a bunch of condo units with like a, I don't know the exact word for like younger yuppies. Younger, yeah, yuppies. yeah. I guess like <laughs> I guess that's true, man. It's South Boston, so that's what you get. Yeah, it's a really great area. If any of you are listening and from the Boston area, definitely head to Barlow's if you have a chance. If you see Eustace, one of the nicest people you've ever met, he's definitely super approachable. Definitely say hi. He'll explain everything. He knows the menu like the back of his hand because, you know, he did make the menu. 
Yeah, and, and the other good thing about this place is that he rotates the menu every day, pretty much. So, although you'll have those basics that we kind of went over in our blog, he's he's adding and taking stuff off the menu pretty much every day. All right, I think that does it for our fifth episode, Pat. Is that right? Yes, sir. Pat, what do you think, buddy? This was your first podcast that you've been on, not including that time we got you on the phone in Mexico, but I don't think you remember that one at all. Yeah, that was that was try number two. Too, because the first time I was not in the greatest of head spaces to be talking with you and Clancy about uh <laughs> No, no, we have the audio, by the way. We saved it. Yeah, that that should be buried somewhere very yeah, deep and dark. I don't know dark. if you want your mom listening to that one. <laughs> oh man, good times in Cancun. Love that place. That was Patty Ice. We're happy to have him back. That was his first episode back. Uh whenever he's on, you'll definitely see some, you know, more fun food segments that we just did, a lot of food in the news. I'm Lee signing off. Check our Instagram. We're going to post every day. And uh, we have a lot more good interviews coming up. So thanks a lot. See you guys around. Peace. Love you guys.